Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live to see it, friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Friday. How are you, my friend? Man, doing great. Got to the end of the week. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about, uh, about this week. We've had a, it's been fun on the show this week. We got to... Uh, kind of uh, be grouchy on the first show, and then we got to be amazing on Wednesday, and uh, we're going to finish out the uh, week uh, in high style, it looks like. Absolutely. Well, we're going to finish with Geek Out, so there's no better way to wrap up a week than with a good old Geek Out, good old-fashioned Geek Out. But we're going to talk about the future for better or worse, and what I've got here are several stories that talk around potentially good, potentially bad future scenarios, but I think we can put the good spin on all of them. So this, this time out, we're just going to fix everybody's broken picture of the future and tell them why they should be more positive about the future than they are. <laughs> it's a public Buck service. Up, campers. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's a little something we do. You know, people yeah. get a little misguided. You know, they, they don't get all the info that we have available to us. And, and they, go, they go up down, like this Richard Dawkins guy, okay? You know, here's a man who we can probably instruct in several important areas, I feel. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> we, you know, here's a guy I, I feel very comfortable setting straight, right? Richard Dawkins, he... <laughs> Actually, yeah. he's, this is this is a this this is a really good uh, this this is a really good video interview with Richard Dawkins. It's just a snippet on YouTube. Follow the link and see what he has to say. Obviously, Richard Dawkins, a great scientist, great living scientist, you know, of our age, talking about how AI might run the world better than humans do. That at least that was the title. Now, if you watch the video. He's really talking more about kind of the robo-apocalypse scenario, talking about Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking's fears that the robots are going to take over. And he says, well, maybe it's more of an evolution, and maybe they just you know, replace us and we just kind of go extinct. And it sounds less horrible than Terminator, right? It sounds less horrible than the robots coming and wiping us all out, you know, Battlestar Galactica or one of those scenarios. But it still doesn't sound all that great, right? <laughs> because basically we're being, we're, we're, we're being replaced by the machines. We're going extinct, and they're, they're taking our place. He puts a pretty positive spin on it, though, because he talks about the fact that you know, Shakespeare and our art and our culture and our music and all that stuff will survive. It'll survive with 
this next evolutionary step that will that will carry on human culture, and they'll probably do, be better at being human or at, at maintaining that culture and developing their own than than we ever were, anyhow. So, what do you think, Stephen? Is you know, is this a is this a better or worse view of the future? And how do you feel about how do you feel about Richard Dawkins' projection here in this video? Well, you know, certainly um, being giving, uh, given a uh, retirement as a species uh, with, you know, the, enjoying the golden years on the beach is preferable to, you know, slugging it out uh, with John Connor at your side, right? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, robot form. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's got that going for it. But, uh, you know, um, and, and – also, there's the spin that Kurzweil has put on it. He said that uh, you know these these uh, AIs are not uh, are not you know a separate thing. These are our children, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not our our culture doesn't end. It's it's just a continuation of our culture by other means. So I guess it sort of depends on how you look at it. And to the extent that you know uh, we become more like the AIs ourselves. I mean, if we're spending a, you know, a lots of time in, in, our, in VR or things like that, I mean, to some extent, uh, the lines become blurred. And so, so yeah, it's, it's better than Terminator, but uh, still disturbing, and perhaps it should remain disturbing. We need to be watching for, uh, you know, opportunities to improve upon these projections uh, and, and, you know, and, and make sure that what is the humanity survive, right? So. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I think I think the other possible spin is that they're not only our children, but they are us. Yeah, that, and that, to some extent, they might be us. I mean, if yeah. if we choose to become emulated uh, intelligences at some point, I mean, it could be very well be us. Uh, so I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting though. Yeah, I, I think I, I think the, the the scenarios here are extinction and replacement versus them wiping us out. And I just want to provide one other, actually two others. One is one of which is that we actually become the AIs, right? That essentially we're merged with them. And it truly is not just them carrying on for us, but us carrying on in a different substrate such that it really is, it truly is humanity just pushing on into the future, which, which is one possibility. But the other possibility is say there really is a bright line, a bright impenetrable, uncrossable line between the AIs and humans that eventually we might upload and, and we might be fast, but su suppose that the real original AIs are, you know, some of these machine learning algor algorithms that we were just talking about earlier this week, we already can't understand what they're doing, right? That are just fundamentally not at the beginning compatible with human intelligence. They're just their own thing. And they take off on their own theoretically, we'd never catch up, right? So they would always be there, and then there would be us, right? So, so it's like you, you, you've got this alien, different artificial intelligence, and then you've got this more human-centric artificial intelligence, and then you've got you know, mostly original substrate humans, the, the, the actual original human race. I think there are plenty of scenarios that can play out that has all three of those, and everybody's okay, right? In fact, we're the third group, the moshes, the, the people who are people like we are right now, come out way, way ahead of where they are. And that middle group, the, the AIs that are our children or that are essentially a continuation of us, do spectacular things and go well beyond what we can imagine. 
And those other AIs do whatever they do, right? I mean, that's a real singularity at that point because we don't even understand what they're doing now, right? So, you know, what they're, what, what they're going to do um, once they've achieved sentience and once they've started doing their own thing with the universe. If we can just implant enough of the, hey, remember us, right? Enough of the... Yeah. You wouldn't do any. You wouldn't do anything bad to your old dad, would you? You know, kind of um, <laughs> um, sentiment don't into them. Don't talk that right? way to your mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put so, so I would just, in, in, far from setting him straight, I would just add a set of scenarios to what Dawkins talks about there. And I think that right. that third that third set that's the one we really got to work on. We got to work on the positive outcomes for the AIs that are true freestanding AIs, for the AIs that are connected to us, and just for humans. Because I think all three probably need to go on, that all three will exist, and, and uh, it's a good idea for human culture to, con to continue via humans, actual humans, and probably to take off on this completely new trajectory via, via AI as well. So. Well, you know, I, I'm just thinking of the, um, how, how great it would be to have AIs, you know, an AI assistant, you know, uh, that's... Uh, this, was, you know, right there with me as I'm doing my work or whatever, and occasionally just saying, you know, here's here's a potential uh, answer to the problem that you're that you're facing, or you know, whatever. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, are 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 you sure you want to tweet that, President? You know, um, <laughs> or whatever. Yes. You know, you just. Uh, I'm sorry. I left politics up. Uh, you know, uh, that's okay. We're going to go there again in a minute, anyway. That's all right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, anyway, yeah, um, that would be great. I mean, even if uh, even for those of us who choose to remain very much like we are now, uh, it, wouldn't it be great to have uh, that sort of um, you know voice of reason, perhaps uh, nearby, and uh, just just not not uh, to to tell us how to live our lives necessarily, but just to give advice when when perhaps advice is needed. Yeah, give us this whole other way of looking at things. Absolutely. Yeah, I, right. I, I really like the idea of parallel tracks, that yep. sometimes evolution occurs and one species replaces another, and sometimes they just coexist, you know? There's just like, there's the, there's, there's the hot, you know, there's the old and busted and the new hotness kind of living there in the same, basically the same space, because they're, they're not overlapping, they're not competing for the same resources, and... Life goes on, you know. They they might even might even achieve some wonderful symbiosis. All right, so that's one. Now here's a, here's a somewhat more challenging, better or worse future. Is this the best possible time to be alive? Sounds ludicrous, right? And the interesting piece in Salon gets off to a good start and talks about how this is the best possible time to be alive so far, and makes a good case for that. And obviously, that's a thing. That needs uh, an idea that needs no introduction on this program, right? We yeah, we 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 make that case all the time. So it's like so far so good, Salon. But then they go on, and the the idea that gets outlined here is that not only is this the best time, this is as good as it's ever going to get. <laughs> right? Yeah. We are we are staring into the abyss. It's that's right. We have peaked. Awful. And yeah. We're at the top of the roller coaster, and it's a big, steep <laughs> drop from here. Okay, uh, as, as as good as things have gotten, it's only going to get it's only going to get bad from here. This was uh, Phil Torres is actually the name of the author over at Salon, and and this is where I feel that we can help Mr. Torres out just a little bit because what are the reasons it's going to get worse? Well, some pretty good things listed here. 
the species extinctions, talks about the sixth mass extinction which has occurred, and obviously biodiversity is important and species going extinct is a unbelievably serious issue and something that that we have to look at and that we have to think about. The rest of this uh, list, I, I take that back, engineered pandemic could potentially take us in really bad directions. Machine intelligence, robo-apocalypse, we've already talked about. Okay, so those are three scenarios whereby things could go bad, but there's no guarantee, okay, that any of those things are going to happen. And there's no reason to believe that any of those three things are the most likely thing to have happen, right? Then the rest of his list is stuff like space colonies will lead to destructive space wars. I'm like, well, okay, you know, if that's how you like to look at things. Uh, climate change, it's the end of the world because of climate change. And his big one, I mean, the one he spends a lot of time on is President Trump. That President Trump is proof that we've peaked and things are only going to get worse. And, and, he, and he mentions that first, and I know I, I owe five bucks for each time I'm saying the name, but sometimes you have to talk about it. And this is my advice to not only Phil Torres, but to virtually everyone at Salon. And going back to our Monday show, okay, virtually everybody on social media, okay? Folks, the President of the United States is living rent-free in your heads. Evict him, okay? <laughs> Let him go. And just the very idea that it's like, well, this guy got elected president, so the future is over. It's just, <laughs> well, you come know, on, same, you know, because we're never going to have any other presidents, I guess, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, we're, it's, the end of, it's the end of history right here with Trump. He's it. Well, yeah. I mean, I, we, we heard the same thing on the right when Obama was elected and then reelected, right? It's I mean, true, it was, especially it was, when he was reelected. It got really yeah. bad when he was reelected from folks on the right. They, the, 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 yeah. the gloom really set in. But I think yeah. this goes beyond anything I saw even on the right, okay? Because basically this is saying humanity has achieved its highest point ever, but now it's <laughs> over because Trump was elected president. And I'm like, okay, you, you win, okay? You, you win on the overreaction to Trump. So congratulations. <laughs> I don't you know. know. <laughs> I've seen worse overreactions, Phil. I this, <laughs> then, then the future is over. Okay, well, you'll have to you'll have to show me. But I, this oh, is a I, bad I, one. Okay. Yeah, this is pretty bad. But yeah, this you, this uh, I've seen this some is other a bad one. I, I just you know if 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 you've got a filter on that says everything that happens in the world is somehow a reflection on this one glaring reality of who got elected president last year, then you really can't get out of that kind of mind trap. You know, it's just. It gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. But if you kind of set that aside and say, you know what? Sometimes the person I don't want to be president gets elected. And sometimes we have presidents that I don't want to be president. And yet, yeah. life goes on. Progress <laughs> can still occur. You know, the, 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 uh, I, I don't know how else to say it. We have, as a species, faced worse challenges than having this, the current president. We have. We just, yeah. we totally have. Uh, you know, there were 10,000 of us at one point. Yeah. To me, that seems like that was a worse challenge than Trump being yeah. elected president. And that's not a political comment. That's just, a, I'm really trying to look at this thing rationally. And I think right. if, that's what, if, if that's what spins you off into the, we've peaked, then you really need to rethink. And, and I feel like if you pull that one out, then it's like, okay, th then yeah. this is an interesting... Yeah, just imagine for a second that uh, Trump is not president, okay? I mean, it's just and – and look around at all the other news, and uh, you'll be surprised that, uh, that, you know, things are not quite as gloomy as, uh, as you would have 
would have uh, thought otherwise. And so, yeah, uh, no, no matter what your political affiliation is, you are going to be disappointed by the president from time to time, uh, who is elected from time to time. But, hey, you know, just uh, focus on other things. And, uh, yeah, I, I really feel this goes back to our discussion on Monday about how social media kind of magnifies things and, and right. just kind of our, our, the digital reality we live in kind of helps – you know, make the bad ideas and the scary ideas sticky. And the, the, the bottom line is, if you take that piece out of what Phil Torres has written here, then you've got an interesting discussion. It's like, it's, we've, we've peaked, we, you know, we've, we've hit the, uh, the pinnacle of human achievement so far, but there are risks on the horizon. I think that's a rational thing to say. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that makes sense to talk about species going extinct, to talk about, we were just talking about robo-apocalypse. We talk about it all the time. You know, the machines may take over and, and how, do we, how do we make that into a good scenario? Engineered pandemic is a, is a very real risk. And so you can, you can talk about those ri- risks and you talk about how you, how you subvert them. That's a rational discussion. And, and I feel like when, when, you, when, you, when you weigh those issues against the progress we've made to this point, I'm of the mind that says we have faced huge challenges before and managed to come through. We've got a real survival instinct as a species and a pretty good track record so far as a species. Yes, there are absolutely unprecedented challenges out there, but I got to, you know what, I'm betting with the trend. I'm betting with what we've, what we've managed to do up to this point. When push comes to shove, we like living. We, we like surviving as a species, and I think we'll figure out a way to do it. So in spite of the fact that even that someone got elected president, that somebody didn't want to get elected president, I feel that the future is not only salvageable, but that we're going to, we're going to win. I, I think that, you know, let me put it this way, Stephen, there's going to be so much winning, we're going to get sick of winning. How does that sound? <laughs> I think so. And, uh, even, and, and uh, even when that winning has nothing to do with uh, who's in office, and, and here's the thing, most of our winning and losing has nothing to do with who's in office. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's my all point. All the time. You know, yeah. that's the deal, right? We, uh, <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, what uh, happens to us as a species is actually a lot bigger than this. And, of course, there are connections. There, there are implications to who, who occupies the Oval Office and what the U.S. does towards the future humanity. There's no question. There's, that there's a relationship between the two, but you really got to see it, it, it proportionally. And uh, to me, the, 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 the two things we got going for it for us are that we don't generally destroy ourselves so far and the future there's still just a lot more future to happen you know we'll have more presidential elections we've got new technologies we've got new approaches to climate change to controlling artificial intelligence to not allowing someone to kill us all with a pandemic those are those are all real things that we're going to that we're going to work on and i feel really good about where the future is going but it's, it's important to look at that list and to, and to continue to focus on those things. Okay, but what about this one? What about what we didn't get, right? In, interesting. Uh, I love this guy's blog's name, by the way, Noah Opinion. The guy's name is Noah. So he's he Noah, no opinion. <laughs> Noah, no opinion blog. No Sounds like no opinion, but it, no, it's his opinion. And basically this is a rehash of the Peter Thiel. We wanted flying cars. Instead, we got 140 characters. But... What, what he talks through is a little more important than that. He talks through the fact, actually very similar to something Jay Storrs Hall talked about when he was on the show a few weeks ago, uh, the, the fact that we went through this huge growth cycle in terms of 
production and automation and available energy at our disposal to do things. And those things diminish significantly, right, in terms of our ability to move stuff around. And, and it all has to do with the fact that we haven't seen the same growth in how much power is available to us over the last 50 to 100 years, that we, or 50 years, that we saw in the previous century or two centuries leading up to that. And that that is why we don't have flying cars. It's why we don't have starships. It's why all the cool stuff that we saw was supposed to make up our future a few years ago when we saw science fiction or when we talked about the future. That's why none of that stuff has, has shown up now and why it's not likely to because we're not likely to, to clear another barrier and get that amount of energy available to us. Stephen, what do you think? Well, my, my first response to him is, hey, uh, Noah, uh, don't, lose, don't lose hope. Uh, we're not at the end of history. It, right. Um, it's kind, know, it, it kind of relates he, to the earlier one in that sense. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we're, you know, um, this is not the end uh, where we're at right now. You know, time will continue to pass. Things will continue to happen. One of the things he, he pointed to is we don't have Star Trek or, and we don't have the Jetsons. Well, I mean, both Star Trek and the Jetsons are still in our future. Uh, you know, <laughs> both of those fictional shows. Even by their that, fictional timelines, that's right. Yeah, are still in our future, right? So yeah. uh, I think what's the Jetsons' late 21st century, and, uh, and, and Star Trek was 23rd, right? So uh, yeah. give, us, give us that additional time, and uh, then maybe we can be bemoan uh, not having that stuff. Of course, we, uh, we don't have the Back to the Future 2 future either, and we're, we're at that point. But the right. uh, thing is, um, some of the big things that were done uh, earlier were kind of low-hanging fruit. Okay? Right. It was, uh, it was stuff that, was, we could, that the Industrial Revolution could give us easily. And now the things that uh, we look to, you know, you know, going out into the stars and, all, you know, and having unlimited energy and all that, it's not so low-hanging, literally, right? It's, it's up there. And, uh, and so it's going to take a little more time to get our act together enough to get out there and do those things. Hey, to some extent, uh, this, it's exciting because, uh, hey, there's stuff to do, you know. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, it's not all been done. We're not looking back on history and saying, well, that was cool. Those guys got to do those things. Um, you know, we, there's, still, there's still great things left to be done. Uh, you know, your your son can go to Mars, uh, Phil. So I mean, there's there's you know neat stuff like that <laughs> that's left to be done. So absolutely. Uh, well, I, I think I think the two the two big arguments he makes that we ran out of energy and we ran out of fundamental physics go to exactly the points that you're that you're addressing there. That we we've cleared the low hanging fruit. We've 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 done the easy stuff that fundamental physics, as we understand it, lets us do. And we've done the easy stuff that the amount of energy at our disposal allows us to do. But I got to defer to our Buckminster Fuller on this kind of stuff. Okay, So even if we don't get vastly more energy available to us, which I think we will, Okay, I think we'll have fusion, I think we'll have other more exotic forms of ener energy production, energy generation in the, in the very near future that will you know, kind of offset that fact that we've hit kind of a, a lull in the, in, the, in the energy cycle. But even if we don't, right, ephemeralization will still occur. And we're going to get better and better at doing, I'm sorry, we're going to do more and more with less and less, 
we're going to get better and better at getting energy from the sun. We're going to get better and better at deriving energy from nuclear sources, and eventually we will have fusion. So, and we're going to get better at just kind of engineering systems and making them less dependent on vast amounts of energy that that, that, that they might have been under under older models of architecture or, or design. I, I, I think that what happens is we get smarter and smarter, which we are still doing, and we're still you know, designing computers that are getting much smarter. We're about to hit quantum computing, and things are going to take a real leap at that point. And I think that ultimately offsets the lack of progress on the on the energy and moving stuff. It, it, it ultimately lets us catch up and go well beyond where we were before. So, you know, I just don't, I, I don't worry about this. I, I, I think that, that maybe we can only leap forward really well in one direction at a time. And yeah, starting at about the middle part of the last century, we decided to leap forward with digitizing everything and that's been the direction we've taken and it's been it's been all about the data and it's been all about the processing power and all of that related stuff because that's driving what we do back in the physical world and it's changing how we do things in the physical world and ultimately when we accomplish all these amazing things in the physical world self-driving cars starships and the rest of it it'll be because we learned a lot it'll be because we, yeah. we mastered the data and that gave us the energy, and it gave us the, the ability to move stuff around. Well, I mean, and things like, uh, you know, the Apollo program. Phil, that was we – were, we were steampunking. I mean, yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. We, we, yep. we were, do, we were do, reaching the moon before we really were intended to reach the moon in some ways. Um, it, we, going to the moon – the next time we go to the moon, uh, we'll be in completely reusable ships, basically, right? And uh, – mm-hmm. And we, we'll be able to go and set up actual bases because we can we can come and go with just the price of the fuel to get there, uh, you know, <laughs> destroying a ship every time you go, and uh, and so it'll you know it's it's uh, it's not just to go to plant a flag anymore. We we want to get out there and actually do real and important things, not just in space but in other ventures as well. And uh, sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta build the infrastructure. Uh, to to make the next step, and I think you know that's uh, a lot of our lifetimes, Phil, has has been okay. We we see the future, now, but we got to let's take the incremental steps to get to it, and uh, and that's what we've done, and uh, and so uh, we're seeing things happen pretty fast now. And yep, uh, and I think we'll, we'll and we will continue to see them happen. Yep. So cheer up, Noah. I think it's going to be okay. We'll we'll check back with you in a century or so and see how the see how the future is rolling out. Okay, time to geek out a little bit, Stephen. And I've got one item. I don't know if you've got anything for geek out, but I thought this was pretty cool. Hoping to bring VR to the multiplex. AMC joins Spielberg in backing this uh, in Culver City, California startup around uh, actually getting people together and doing VR in a movie theater. What do you think? I, I, I I'll say pretty great. Yeah yeah I'll say that. I didn't ever think that would happen, that I thought VR was kind of going to be kind of the death of the movie theater. But what these folks are talking about doing sounds just about right to me. And it, it, I have a feeling that we're going to see stuff like this occurring. I think people will show up at a, at a shared space and have shared virtual experiences together, uh, something I, I had not considered really very likely before. It seems much more likely to be now that, that the same 
process we see for movies showing first at theaters and then showing up on our computers and our TVs and so forth uh, will probably be followed with, with VRs, that, that virtual, virtual experiences. And these are probably going to be more passive, right? I, I don't think we're going to be, these are going to be interactive game type experiences, but more like you're thrown into a virtual experience and you're kind of taken through it. You're not really driving. But those are going to be popular. They're going to be a big part of what happens with, with VR. And I think that the traditional movie theater is, at least has the potential for being a good venue for, for people experiencing those. That's cool. That is really cool. And, um, and it seems like, uh, in general, the theaters are willing to, have shown a willingness to spend the money on infrastructure to, to get people into the theaters. And uh, I, I, I'm hopeful that uh, they, the business continues to thrive. Um, they've had a really rough summer. Um, yeah. And and, uh, and this this year has not been so great on the uh, entertainment movie industry. But um, you know, I, hey, I, hey, I love going to the movies, and um, and so I, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, whatever you know, whatever trends are are you know are, are happening to keep people at home, uh, well, you know, hopefully uh, they'll be addressed, and maybe this is part of the solution. Things like this. I'm maybe VR will be a real shot in the arm for the lagging movie business what a thought very interesting well here's hoping anyway i'm looking forward to uh one of these days in the near future going to the movie theater and putting the helmet on and being taken literally well not literally but more directly than before taken into a new reality than uh than 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 we ever ever have before that's something to look forward to and i bet you it'll be a movie with spaceships in it. I'm just saying, or an experience <laughs> with spaceships in it. Just going to throw that out there. All right, well, that's it uh, for my other geek. You got anything, Stephen? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, kind of revisit the, uh, the Orville versus uh, the Star Trek Discovery. And, uh, and see, have you watched uh, any, of the, uh, any of this film? Have you had a chance to? I, I, I'm up. I'm completely caught up on Orville. I've watched all okay. three episodes. Star Trek Discovery, I missed it, so I'm not paying, so I'll never see it probably. Um, yeah, I saw the that, I saw the uh, the pilot, and it was and the pilot was uh, considerably better than um, than what I had uh, uh, what I expected. I expected a complete mess and a waste of time, and uh, it was pretty good. But yeah. you know, am I going to spend to watch the, watch more? No, I'm not going to. Uh, not particularly when uh, the Orville is such a good. <laughs> Show, uh, you know, it's it's the it's the spoof that is as good as the original. It is it is like Galaxy Quest was, right? I mean, it's uh, um, it's it's pretty darn good, and it's it's funny to see them revisiting. Um, you know, there was a original episode uh, in in the original series of Star Trek way back up fifty years ago. Uh, this third episode was complete retread of that. And um, for the world is hollow, but I touched the sky. I think is the original name of the, of the original episode. And uh, this this was a complete retread, and it was done so well. And uh, and yeah, the the comedy is there, and the and the spoofing is there, but it's uh, it's it's like it doesn't detract from the, the the science fiction story that they're telling too. It's it's a remarkable achievement to to be able to be both a spoof. And real Star Trek, in a way, right? Uh, I, I, I find it very good. Well, I'm I'm tracking I'm with it. Uh, for me, the jury is still out. I'm I'm enjoying the show. 
to me, it is like I feel like I've gotten Star Trek The Next Generation back, which is interesting. It's like, hey, basically, Star Trek TNG has returned. Um, So it's at that level for me, which uh, some of the best Star Trek ever was TNG, and some of the most, for me, problematic Star Trek ever was was TNG. So that's that's a mixed bag. I love the humor sometimes, and then sometimes I find it, a little bit, uh, a little bit distracting. I mean, I got things like there's there's stuff like, you know, he just left his baby with two drunk guys. Yeah, reminds me of my dad. Stuff like that is just awesome. Okay, you 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 can't have enough of that kind of dialogue. And you, you know what I mean? It just it just it takes you out of Star Trek, but it puts you right back into it. It's like, oh yeah, this is the kind of thing nobody ever said or thought or you know ever experienced in this. <laughs> In the in the Star Trek universe, they're all kind of uptight, you know, compared to the people yeah. on Orville, which is which is uh, which is great. Yeah, there was a there was a, a remarkable lack of sense of humor uh, in TNG. I mean, and of course, <laughs> yeah, and we, when it we, did show up, it was pretty. Now that the, it was a raucous set. We learn now, you know. When, yeah, yeah. Whenever you hear the, any of the cast members talking about you know, being on set and and making the TNG, I mean, they, it was constant pranks, constant carrying off. And then it was all business and completely serious when they when they were doing the episodes. And you know, it, it kind of makes you wish that some of the humor had been brought into the show, right? Yeah, um, it does. It does. I, 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 you know, some of it kind of is is a little bit off putting, but some of it just it, it just right on the money, and, and I'm enjoying it. My question is for the Orville: If you're going to be a science fiction TV show, and you're playing it mostly straight, it's really not Family Guy in space. It really is. It really is. TNG with jokes, right? I mean, yeah. is, is, is really what it is. If you're going to be a science fiction TV show, you've got to open up some new material, right? It can't just be nostalgia. You can't just give us rehashes of stories or storylines similar to what we've seen in the past. You've got to do something bold. So we'll see if they do. That'll be, yeah. uh, that'll be interesting. Arguably, maybe the episode I was just referencing, they did. But um, we'll, have to, we'll have to forego that discussion. Because I have a whole question about this single sex species, all right, that we probably don't have time for. We've already run kind of long. But <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we'll, hey, we'll geek I, out I about that maybe next, next week or the week after. We can, uh, we can, uh, we can get I, a little deeper in I hope to be able that. to geek out uh, soon about uh, Blade Runner. Uh, the, the Blade Runner is going to be out this, uh, this you know, uh, it's, it's out today, actually, uh, Phil. And uh, so maybe, you know, after I've had a chance to see it, we can geek out about it because, you know, I, I, I admitted a few weeks ago that I was, uh, you know, not really looking forward to it. I was more scared for it than uh, than was hopeful. The more I see, the more excited I get. It looks like it could potentially be very, very good. And uh, and so, hey, um, we'll we'll talk about that maybe next week. We shall see. Lots of good geeking out to be done in the near future. And you know what? That's what we're here for. So you can count on us. All right. Hey, Stephen been great talking with you. It's been great having you all with us this week. We will be back with three brand new shows next week. And until next time, live to see it. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>